Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. My name is Noel. Yes, and I am Ben. Uh, we are, as always, joined in spirit by our producer and co-host, uh, Matt. Let's see, what should we call him today? I mean, I like the alliteration of the madman. What about Matt the Militant Frederick? Oh, that's good. That's good. That's, that's apropos. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Before we start today's episode, Noel, I was thinking that we could uh, we could have a little bit of a tangential conversation. Sure. You okay with that? Of course. All right. I'm fond of the tangent. <laughs> fond of the tangent, yes. All right, so have you ever observed in, in real life a, a widespread, like a panic? It's funny that you say that. You know, there's that jam band called Widespread Panic. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was, uh, I was fighting not to make a joke about it, but it's going to come out. It's fine. Let it come. No, I don't think so. You know, I mean, nothing, um, definitely no form of like mass hysteria or any kind of situation mm-hmm. where I felt threatened or I felt like, you know, things were out of hand. I right. mean, well, actually now, now, now that I, now that I think mm-hmm. about it, I did go to a Creed concert, um, when I was a, a kid and I did feel like there was some, uh, you know, they were on the edge of pandemonium really playing my, my own prison. I mean, Creed exudes a certain kind of energy that just gets into you and makes you do crazy stuff. So mm. okay. that's the closest situation that I could think of. And we've all been in a similar situation, folks. You know, you've, you've been in, uh, a school or a building where a fire alarm goes off and usually people proceed in an orderly manner until they actually see the flames or sure. feel the smoke. Uh, some of our listeners have been in riot situations, have been in combat situations, uh, have been in, you know, a, on the scene of tremendous catastrophes, right? And what we notice often is that in today's day and age, it's easier now than ever before for an event or rumors about an event to spread across the world. It's so much easier. You're just a click away from talking to someone on the other side of the planet. So what we're looking at today is something sort of related to these things, we are coming back to update you on Jade Helm 15. 
So first, I guess we have to say, what what is Jade Helm 15? Well, a little background. Jade Helm 15 was a multi-state military exercise that took place from July 15th of 2015 to September 15th of 2015. Um, so this was basically an exercise in unconventional warfare, and then it involved the U.S. Army Special Operations Command and the Joint Special Operations Command, with other U.S. Armed Forces units also involved. Uh, it happened in the following states, in Texas, Arizona, Florida, Louisiana, Mississippi, New Mexico, and Utah. Yeah, and maps of the exercise, which you should check out if you're at all interested in that. Maps of the exercise included areas of the U.S. like Colorado or California where there weren't any operations planned. So here's what happens. Uh, the troops involved in the exercise are playing on two different teams. They're either occupying forces or resistance forces, and they're fighting each other and testing out these techniques in sparsely populated areas near small towns and some of the troops in this these scenarios wore civilian clothes and drove civilian vehicles the exercise originally was supposed to have uh the creme de la creme from four military branches but it was reduced along the way to only include 200 special operation forces and 300 support personnel with about 700 members of the 82nd Airborne traveling to Texas to train for like a week in August. And Noel, you remember that earlier in May, we did an episode on Jade Helm before it happened, right? Mm -hmm. And we, there was a lot of concern. People were, people were, let's say a little worried. And we read a lot of strange stuff about it too. So today we're going to talk about what actually happened during Jade Helm. If you want to hear some of the background, check out our earlier podcast in May. Uh, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about the social psychology behind widespread panic. Oh, there's the joke. Dude, it's such a horrible joke. We mean the phenomenon, yeah. not the band. The band's all right, though. Eric, do you ever listen to him? I'm going to say You know, I... uh I had a couple of songs there that I would put on for writing music just for like, you know, the really instrumental stuff. I spent a lot of time in Athens and they um, came out of there originally and they are pretty revered, but it was never really my scene. Never really your scene? Not a jam band man? Not a jam band man. (laughs) All right. I like that phrase, jam band man. Fun to say for sure. It is fun to say. Uh, All right. So speaking of amazing segues, Noel, uh, let's talk about some of those reports, some of those crazy things we heard, and let's start with the alleged stuff. So the biggest, I guess you can say, shady thing that occurred mm-hmm. uh, was the closure of Walmart stores. And this is actually, I mean, uh, before you know, doing the research for this, um, the one detail that I really remember people yeah. being up in arms about oh, was yeah. like, uh-oh, what's happening? They're closing Walmart. It's mm-hmm. Armageddon. Right, you know? right, right. Um, so there was, you know, these, these closures of Walmart stores across the areas and believers in these, this particular conspiracy, I suppose, um, alleged the stores were closing to reopen as internment camps, I suppose. Wow. So yeah. where, when, when did this happen? How did it go down? Well, Walmart closed five stores in April, uh, laying off more than 2,200 employees in California, Texas, Oklahoma, and Florida due to ongoing plumbing issues. Yeah, that was the official explanation sure. was that uh, there were persistent plumbing issues, so they need to close the stores for, what, six months to a year or something? And some of the things that we heard people saying were that these stores were being closed only to be reopened as uh, warehouses or internment centers, right, to um, to keep the local population that wasn't in step with the New World Order. But we have an update uh, about six months later. Do we have an official statement from Walmart? <laughs> uh, the official statement from Walmart was that this was entirely unrelated. Okay. And that it was... Seriously, just due to plumbing issues. That's a shame. But it seems strange because we talked about this in a previous episode. It seems strange that it would close so suddenly because the employees had no idea. I mean, I, 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 th- I don't think I've ever heard of a Walmart closing. I think Walmarts are just infinite, you know, to me. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of the, um, the, there's this really interesting thing that I believe 
it might be FEMA that has it called the Waffle House Index. Have you mm. heard of that? No. Tell me. So it's a measure of disasters, like the, the degree of a disaster in an area can be measured by how it affects the Waffle Houses because they are the most likely things to remain open. So there is a legit Waffle House Index uh, for people who are not from the South. I guess we shouldn't assume that everyone knows about Waffle House. Uh, how would we describe Waffle House? It's a diner, I guess, like sort yeah. of a crappy. I mean, it's it, the name is pretty accurate. It's a Waffle House. It's a house of waffles. Of, they serve you know? a lot of waffles. Yeah. Uh, the, you they know. have a jukebox with Waffle House themed music on it, and in addition to your typical honky tonk kind of, you know, right. Patsy Cline things like that. And they're all over. Uh, they're all over the southeast. And they're open twenty four hours a day. And they're open twenty four hours a day. They rarely close. They've been open during. Um, Blizzards during floods during hurricanes. Uh, that is why. That's why there's this Waffle House index, which rem- makes me wonder why we don't have a Walmart index. You know, that seems like it, it would be even a larger scale. They did close multiple stores, right? Yeah, they closed five. And but they were not in the same area, though, were they? No, they weren't in the same area. They were in different states. So how what how could there be? Unrelated plumbing issues at, at stores in different states at the same time that they would need to close the stores for all at the same time. Ah, great question. Because some other people who did not buy the official explanation would be the employees of these stores. So there was over 2,200 people. And many of them believed that the stores were being closed, particularly one in California, because the employees were organizing, unionizing essentially for better pay, better hours, uh, more equity in the workplace. And it's true that Walmart had been found guilty of doing the same kind of retaliation closing in Canada earlier. Okay, well, that that does ring true. That sounds a little more likely. But uh, six months later, Walmart reopened the stores and they invited former employees back to their jobs. I love that you use the word invited. Come on back, y'all. Open arms. Uh, Yeah, you know, you have to wonder. I'd love to hear from one of those employees. You have to wonder what they're perspective is absolutely and please if anyone listening you know Mm -hmm. was in that situation please please send a letter it's interesting stuff well let's uh, let's move on uh, from walmart to some other kind of red flags Um, uh, one of them is widespread outages reports of widespread outages in these areas that were hosting these uh these war games oh it's like internet yeah exactly so it's basically the idea that multiple communication channels whether cell signals internet service etc cut out or were somehow interfered with all at the same time around these events. Mm-hmm. Um, and we couldn't personally um, confirm a lot of these reports, but they're definitely out there. They're being discussed. Right. And the question there is, uh, the question there is one of, you know, coincidence or collusion. Do, uh, everybody's had crappy cell phone service or cable service before, you know. Yeah. I mean, we, we live in a land notorious for that. It's true. Uh, so what, it, let's speculate a little, Noel. If this were to occur, if there were a concerted effort to cut communication channels, which we know is possible, and the U.S. has done it before, uh, why would they do it? To what end? You know? I mean, if we're spitballing here, I yeah. guess they maybe wouldn't want um, reports of the locations of these you know, these uh, exercises to go out. They wouldn't uh-huh. want people to be blogging about it. They wouldn't want, you know, people to be causing the fuss that i mean that sounds that sounds reasonable i suppose but i but again i just i don't understand why these exercises needed to be so secretive in the first place <laughs> yeah absolutely uh there well one one thing that we could say about that is uh they would need to be secretive so that other forces other foreign powers don't know the nuts and bolts of how you they couldn't would observe these maneuvers right. or whatever i got but i you know that's that's something that, again, is just spitballing. It mm-hmm. seems reasonable, but I haven't heard the official rationale for it. There's another concern here, one of these alleged concerns, which was pretty interesting to me and kind of far out. It was one of the most fringe concerns we heard, and it was that the U.S. was secretly preparing for an asteroid impact, some heavy, you know, apocalyptic, end-of-the-world type stuff, you know, uh, which I think is... uh an exciting uh, idea. 
Yeah, it's almost like Bruce Willis and his crew of ragtag, <laughs> you know, blue collar workers weren't able to blow up the asteroid in time. And so this was the plan B. Right, yeah. right. The plan B to mm-hmm. contain the area. And if you look at the map, then because the states are primarily contiguous, you know, it looks like there's a specific region marked out. So one of the things that one of the things that really propelled this belief was uh, the the actions of religious fundamentalists who believed that an asteroid impact would usher in the the apocalypse, the sure. biblical apocalypse, the end times, the end times. Yes. And that there would be seven, uh, I think it's horsemen. <laughs> there was only four of those. They yeah. doubled up on the horsemen, yeah. almost doubled up. Uh, they, they believe that there would be a period of tribulation, rapture, all this stuff. And so this group is a little bit different in comparison to the other groups who believe there was an asteroid impact because their predictions were based on interpretations of ancient text, right? Rather than contemporary events. Uh, but a lot of people began to believe this and, uh, so many, in fact, that eventually NASA had to, had, had to take to the internet. What did they have to say about it? Yeah, they had to put out a statement that uh, said, uh, guys, it's, it's probably not the end of the world. I th- you have the text here, too, right? Could you do a... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I sure do. Okay, so... Mm, mm. Could you do a uh, like a, yes. an interpretation? Here's my best, uh, my best PR voice. NASA knows of no asteroid or comet currently on collision course with Earth, so the probability of a major collision is quite small. In fact, as best as we can tell, no large object is likely to strike the Earth any time in the next several hundred years. No further questions. No further questions. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> that, much. That was pretty good. It was good. That was a good yeah. PR voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's one of the problems with this idea. No, it would be so, so very difficult to keep an impact event like this secret or the threat of one. Uh, just because even if everybody in NASA said, yeah. Yeah, secrets are cool. Let's let's keep a secret. I always want a secret. Why not? Yeah, why not? Just you know, for fun. Yeah. Okay. It'll be we're gonna Shyamalan these guys. I love it. I love it too. That's how NASA people at NASA talk. We'll pull a we'll pull a Shyamalama ding dong. <laughs> right. Uh skidoo, skidoo. Uh but the that's the problem. Even if NASA was on board with this and the US government, there are so many other astronomers, institutions, states, organizations. Colleges. I mean colleges, yeah. yeah actively yeah. watching the sky. Someone else would find out about this. So we also have that's that's our alleged stuff, but we also have some proven things that happened, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the basic one is that it was proven that the ex the exercise was actually conducted, and all those operations did occur. Uh, the military cautiously describes it as successful, though they point out they haven't conducted a full post exercise analysis. Now, is this something that they do periodically? Like, I mean, is it was this a new idea? <laughs> To do something like this, like in civilian areas? This may be a, um, no, it is not. This may be one of the largest, Mm -hmm. but, and it may use different or newer techniques, but military exercises are necessary, arguably, and they occur fairly often. Mm -hmm. They do occur periodically, not just here in the U.S., but around the world. And we talked about that, I think, a little bit. In our last episode, you know, you can read how when tensions rise in some countries, North Korea, South Korea, Japan, uh, Russia, the Middle East, mm-hmm. uh, then other states will begin doing military exercises, you know, right off the coast or right around there. Uh, these drills are necessary to make sure that the enormous amounts of money Governments spend on hardware and weaponry and soldiers uh, actually is worth it, you know, that you get the literal bang for your buck, ah. right? I'm sorry. No, it's good. I'm not proud of that it's one. Skidoo. Skidoo. Uh, but, but yes, uh, there's, there's another thing that was proven here. A tremendously controversial figure during this debate was a fellow named Alex Jones. Good old Alex Jones. Good old AJ. Mm-hmm. As, as, uh, he has never asked us to call. Yeah. 
Uh, actually, we I don't think uh, I don't think Matt's spoken with Alex Jones in person either. I haven't. No, have you? I tried to get him. I almost got him. Actually, um, uh, I made a little documentary several years ago, um, and uh, he was an outspoken um, critic of the subject of the documentary, mm-hmm. uh, which was the Georgia Guidestones. Right. And I got up one of his people, and they were emailing back pretty regularly, and then just kind of stopped. So, but it sounded like it was going to happen, but then it didn't. Uh, I didn't even really know that much about him at the time, but since I realized, oh, he's probably highly paranoid. <laughs> Doesn't talk <laughs> to very many people. Well, he's probably very, very busy. Well, he's very too. busy, but I, th- yeah. I, I get a sense that he likes to control his channels. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, because I mean, my film, there was potential that he could have been taken out of context. I think he likes to control the medium of the delivery of his messages. Oh, that makes sense because you don't want to. Yeah, that that does make sense. You would have to be very protective of that. And it's easy in, especially in documentaries, for people to be taken out of context. Mm-hmm. For the record, I think that's a great documentary. We've talked about it on the show before. If you haven't seen it, write to us if you are at all interested in the Georgia Guidestones. Uh, so Alex Jones, in this case, he covers a lot of stuff. He got a lot of flack and ridicule in the mainstream for the way he talked about Jade Helm. Uh People said that he was being alarmist and he was making wild claims about the takeover of the U.S., you know, very Red Dawnish um, for different reasons. He said that he was instead pointing out that the exercise was kind of a uh, frog in a pot thing, you know, the old uh, metaphor mm-hmm. for uh, cooking frogs. No, I'm afraid I'm not aware of this one. No, uh, I don't. It's not a metaphor. Sorry, it's a comparison. Uh, so the idea, and this is familiar to a lot of our listeners, is that you can cook frogs by putting them in water and slowly turning up the heat. Because if it slowly turns up at a certain rate, then they will not panic and jump out, but they will slowly boil to death. Because once you work your way up to a boil, it's too late. So this idea is somewhat similar when he, when Alex Jones says, well, these are conducted to familiarize people with this concept of an over, uh, an overarching federal police government. state. Oh, a police that's state. Sure. That's a perfect yeah, word, yeah. Noel. It's a perfect term. Uh, so he saw this as the boil being turned up just a little bit more. Uh, and he also said, he also said that Jade Helm, the last part was an acronym for Homeland Eradication of Local Militants. And I don't, I don't know. I don't think the government would be that on the nose. But it does show us that his audience or some part of his audience was concerned that this exercise was meant to root out local militias and other groups or individuals able to defend each other against the military. So is that who would have been interred in the Walmarts? Or the right. local militia members? Right. And one thing that's interesting about this is that that, in the past has been a legitimate concern on both sides. You know, we, we hear about local armed groups numerous times and I can't, you know, for a couple of reasons, I can't provide a solid source on this, but I can assure you, or I can't compromise the source, I guess, but I can assure you that secessionist groups are far more widespread than the media would have you believe. Uh, we've talked about it briefly here on the air as well, but, you know, here in Georgia, there's like a sovereign state of Georgia, and these are the people who have their own license plates, their own IDs, have signs posted up saying this is not U.S. property, uh, you are not allowed here, claiming diplomatic immunity, none of which, of course, is acknowledged by the courts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. 
You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiasts searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. So there is, it is important to know that there is a culture of secessionists, but they are different from a culture of what you would call, you know, local military groups or people who are exercising their right to be armed, which in this country is a right. I mean, I guess you could think of a militia as sort of a, uh, an armed to the teeth neighborhood watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in, Constitutionally, it was kind of an insurance policy, sure. right? Uh, but anyhow, that's a, that's a pretty touchy subject for a lot of people. It's something we can come back to later. Uh, but how did Jade Helm get in the mainstream to begin with? It's because politicians got involved, right? Of course. So Texas Governor Greg Abbott was prominent among the politicians asking for more information, enlisting uh, the local Texas uh, police forces to keep an eye on the Jade Helm activities. Senator Ted Cruz also asked uh, for more information. So this really catapulted it into the mainstream. However, now that now that the exercise is over and there is not a one world government in charge of the region, uh, now that, that we know of. That we know of. That's fair. Yeah. Now that that has occurred, um, the, a lot of the people who were talking about this are not as talkative. Yeah, I noticed that. And we did a Periscope thing the other day and this came up and I admittedly kind of had lost track of the story. And as we discussed for good reason, because the story just sort of fizzled a little bit, you know? Right. Uh, the, and, Let's point out some other military exercises sure. that also occurred. Yeah, there's Bold Alligator. Love that name. Yeah, it's a naval exercise where thousands of Marines and sailors uh, do amphibious landings, and they try to prevent insurgent groups in a fictional country called Garnet. And that's actually something right on the border of Georgia and Florida. And then that, there's another one, right? Another example is this exercise called Robin Sage, uh, in which U.S. special forces support fictional guerrilla forces in numerous counties across North Carolina. Um, Green Beret soldiers work to liberate another fictional country called mm-hmm. Pineland. Or mm-hmm. Pineland. I like Pineland. That sounds better. Yeah. And operate in uh, very close proximity to civilians who are, you know, for the record, warned that they may hear blanks being fired. Right. And then there's the Marine Special Operations Troop uh, exercise that's called Derna Bridge. And this is also in this is in South Carolina, Western South Carolina, and it has some activities in the Sumter National Forest. Here's something that did happen, though. There were altercations that are on record between the military and civilians, wherein civilians 
were firing on or attacking or planning, uh, planning some activities just in case Jade Helm went sideways, went pear-shaped. Three North Carolina men, a guy named Walter Literal, Christopher Barker, and Christopher Campbell, were arrested for amassing weapons and conspiring to combat the government's alleged plan to impose martial law. These guys had pipe bombs, uh, they had some, they had some, uh, legal weapons and some illegal weapons. As far as I know, they didn't attack anyone. They were just caught on record. Yeah. They just, they kind of adopted a wait and see attitude. Right. And, uh, I think literal, who was the, uh, leader of the group, the de facto leader had also booby trapped his house. Uh, and there was a lot of, this is my thing though. They were amassing illegal weapons, but they hadn't attacked anyone. Mm-hmm. There's a different case in Mississippi, uh, where a sheriff said, Authorities are searching for two men who fired gunshots from a vehicle at soldiers at a military facility. Uh, and this was at Camp Shelby in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh, and it happened like two days, it happened multiple days. So what we're finding now is that despite concerns over the possibilities of Jade Helm, there was not a takeover as some had feared uh, but other people who objected to Jade Helm, most notably uh, Alex Jones, say that this is part of a slow program to uh, remove local resistance to federal power. And at this point, that is where we are. And that's where we are with Jade Helm. Mm-hmm. No one was interned. The Walmarts reopened. But we are also left with uh with some questions some questions that go into not just this specific instance but in larger instances and one of those questions is how do these how do these panics occur right what what is it about human psychology or group psychology that allows people to get so caught up in an issue and then why with the current online culture why do these things become such flashes in the pan yeah i mean especially with, i mean look at like the salem witch trials for example you know that was all word of mouth um mm-hmm. little bits of misinformation based on um first person accounts so something that may or may not have actually taken place in that particular way spreading via word of mouth now you know you've got 50 different pieces of misinformation that are mm-hmm. disseminated instantly, you know, over numerous online channels. I mean, there's really no end to it. It's just like an, it's exponentially um, easier for this kind of thing, this kind of information to spread. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm glad you made that because the, the barrier for communication, what we would call the cost of communication, is so much lower. And you and I have talked about this off air before, about how quickly and strangely these things can rise and fall. In our last episode, we talked about Martin Shkreli. Mm-hmm. And one of the most fascinating things I think you pointed out was that this story was up and down within a week. I mean, it was honestly, in a lot of ways, a day. Yeah. There was definitely more out there, but the majority of the back and forth and the, you know, the Twitter uh, rampage pitchfork waving kind of scenario that led to him more or less backing down from his position kind of took place within the span of a day. And it's also true that Jade Helm itself did capture this national attention. Mm-hmm. It became a subject of national debate. There was a uh, there was a poll by the public policy polling in May of 2015. And it found that one third of people identifying as Republicans believed that the Jade Helm exercise was about the government trying to take over Texas. And another third hadn't made their minds up yet. So a lot of people, a lot of people believed that something fishy was afoot. And, and, and I think this is just me speculating here, folks, but I think part of this comes from the absence of transparency. 100%. You're not letting journalists observe events. Um, and if there were blackouts, as people allege, uh, human beings, we are analytical. We think in categories, right? And we fill in blanks. And we fill in blanks, exactly. So we begin generating our own explanations and those explanations that we generate are based upon our pre-existing beliefs or values, right? 
which is why the same ambiguous event can mean two very different things to people. We heard, uh, we heard allegations that this was part of a plan to prevent, uh, Russia from assisting, uh, the annexation of a U.S. state by Mexico, which seems very far out there. Uh, let's see, we heard asteroids, we heard that there was going to be, uh, construction mm-hmm. beneath the ground and that was part of it. And of all these things we heard, what we found at the conclusion of this on September 15th, 2015, was that most of it, most of those concerns didn't come to fruition. And this doesn't mean that Jade Helm is by any means a good thing, because it leads to the larger question of why, um, why the military would be doing this uh, domestic activity, right? Well, we talked about this a little bit on the Periscope, and this was interesting. interesting point that you brought up that hadn't, hadn't occurred to me, is they need to be able to train in different terrains, like in it's different real-world scenarios, and especially like in a pretty arid you know, climate like Texas, mm-hmm. very similar to some of the desert situations that they you know, end up in when they're deployed. So. Sure, and, but then the other question is, at what point does it, unreasonably impinge upon the lives of U.S. citizens or residents? You know, is is there a line? Should a line exist? Well, my, my question is, did it? Yeah, it seems like it didn't. From the reports we've heard, yeah. it seems like the main the main civilians that were affected by this were people who were involved in, in crime, just in case crime. Right, yeah. or, or people that were seeking it out and trying to more or less fight back or at least, you know, pose, mm-hmm. pose a counter threat mm-hmm. to it, you know? Yeah. And then there's the other, one of the questions that people also said was that this was an intelligence operation. It was about informational awareness, informational awareness being this concept that, or that informational awareness being this idea that you can trace all electronic activity. You want to know as much as you can about every individual or group and their interactions between each other. That's NSA stuff, you know, and uh, that, that is completely plausible and that impinges upon people's lives far more than a, uh, than a military exercise outside of your town. Right. Uh, and unfortunately, that's because that stuff is still warrantless. There is pretty much no effective supervision and there's not really a means of recourse for the average person. You and I included, as well as you listeners, uh, as well as you, Matt. Sorry. But uh, but let's look at some other examples of of these kinds of panics. So, I mean, my favorite of these, because I remember exactly where I was when this went down, was Y2K. Y2K, Y2K. Y2K, not the zippers. No, no, definitely not. So much made of Y2K, this belief that because of the specifications of computer date keeping, of all things. Right, like it was two place digits. Right, exactly. The year 2000 would cause massive internal errors in computer programs across the planet, possibly throwing the world into economic and social turmoil, including financial systems, data storage, uh, corporations, uh, you know, to your own personal computer. Wall Street crashes, all debts are erased because they no longer exist. Satellites fall from the sky, rain and fire. There were massive reactions to this. I mean, mm-hmm. people were going so far as to hoard like water supplies. Right. Walmart's got cleaned out the night before of yeah. people getting gas masks and, you know, like purified water in, you know, in bulk and, you know, food no. and things like that. No, you and I differ on this perhaps, but I think it's a good idea to have those things anyway. No, I mean, I think yeah. it probably is too. I, I'm just saying it's when it's specifically tied to mm-hmm. a, a theory about a thing that may or may not happen. At right. that point, you're probably not thinking ahead enough, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure, I think there's nothing wrong with being prepared for you know, right. the unknown. And there's also a group mentality at work there too. Exactly. Right. I mean, it was reported widely, you know, there were cameras in the Walmart showing all the mm-hmm. empty shelves mm-hmm. and, you know, no more food, bread, eggs, things like that. People just sort of like what happens when, or what happened with uh, the snow apocalypse here in Atlanta. Right. You know? It's like all these uh, reports of uh, just grocery stores with the shelves completely cleaned out. It was mm-hmm. very much that kind of situation. Oh boy. And uh, you, uh, you listeners in Northern climes, 
Uh, yeah, laugh <laughs> it up. We're laughing. Yeah. We're laughing uh, so hard at us. It was it was strange because you know Matt and I made a video about how we couldn't make a video right. because of this uh, be- because the city of Atlanta shut down. Right. It was just not prepared. It it all goes back not to be too much of a Boy Scout about it, but it all goes back to preparation. The city had what three snowplows maybe mm-hmm. in the entire city, right. and so it was. Bonkers out there. One of my friends who is a special ed teacher, uh, had to stay at the school overnight and take care of all these kids whose parents didn't get them. RIT guy, Izzy, um, had to basically sleep in his car because everything was at such a standstill. I mean, back, back to Y2K though. I, I do feel yeah. like not exactly the same, but a similar kind of panic that was very observable for us in a kind of mm-hmm. very like powerful yeah. way. Yeah, and that's that's a really good point. The if we could talk a little bit about some of the psychology behind these things, of uh, first I want to I want to underline and say this. Uh I don't think ridiculing people is the right way to approach these kind of things because the idea of a government takeover of a town or a city or a place, right, is plausible. That stuff can happen. It happens in other countries. It's happening now in other parts of the world. Now, does it seem unreasonable to think that would happen here in the U.S.? Well, it's less plausible because we would have to question what the motivation for that would be. But I I don't think anyone would argue that if the situation was right, if they wanted to, they certainly have the means and the personnel to do this thing. Sure, the U.S. military is by far the most powerful military in the world. Uh, however, different, we do have a legal framework that is meant to prevent that kind of situation from occurring. Yeah, but we also have a legal framework that supposedly prevents things like NSA wiretapping from occurring. <laughs> All right, touche, my friend. That's a good point. Yeah, and then it goes back to the idea of secret courts and secret laws and secret interpretations of those laws. Saying, things are Things are bent. Things are, you know, malleable. That's true. Yeah, you're you're spot on with that. Uh, here's one of the things I think we can look at psychologically. So the idea that this stuff can happen, it's plausible, or at least it's possible, uh, and due in large part to the malleability of the laws, as you as you astutely point out. If we talk about the psychology, then I would say that part of it is that certain events or concepts can become this kind of steam vent and people can project other concerns about it, you know? Absolutely. So the Salem witch trials, that's part of it. And there is a, you know, life was very difficult in terms of food, in terms of security and shelter. And here we're in a country with booming inequality, very divisive, uh, very, I won't say great powers, but very divisive political parties that do not want to work with each other, right? And there is a tension across the country. And when there is a tension like this, the smallest thing can topple the Jenga sure. tower, you know? And so this is, this is something that I think we need to be aware of. There is a subtext here that allows, um, that allows for this kind of Panic to occur. In 2012, we saw another thing. That was one of my, uh, you remember the 2012 panic? I do. And these are both a little bit different to Jade Helm because these are apocalyptic, mm-hmm. uh, panics. So these kind of events all have certain commonalities. One, it is considered to affect a large group of people. Two, it has a due date, a very specific due date, you know, July 15th, 2015, January 1st, 2000. Time and again, we hear about these things and these due dates pass every right. time. Right. Every time. I mean, I think we've said it before, but you know, somewhere the world is ending for someone. That's true. Every day. Yeah. And, uh, I think there's an average of, I can't remember where I got this number, but I'll try to find a source for everyone. I think there's an average of a hundred something apocalyptic predictions each year. Mm-hmm. There's some group of people saying, uh, this year, guys, the big one. This is the big one. The other one didn't happen because we weren't ready with our original prediction. But now, my friends, are you familiar with the Church of the Subgenius? 
Uh, yeah, vaguely. Yeah. So they have this, uh, this event. It's, so for anyone that's not aware of Church of Subgeniuses, it's a cult. But it's a joke cult. Right. I mean, it's you, you sign up, you pay a membership, you get a member, membership card. Um, you, you can become ordained in the Church of the Subgenius. Um, but they're, one of their uh, central themes is this idea of X-Day, which is an event they have. It's basically like a hedonistic bacchanalia in the woods where they, you know, do a lot of drugs and party and, you know, tell do weird sermons about slack which is with their fundamental principle you got to have slack it means just uh-huh. kind of like not caring and just doing doing your own thing and not worrying about it um but x day their prophet uh, bob dobbs who is embodied by this uh, sort of clip art um you know 50s house father with a with pipe, pipe yeah. yeah um he uh, I, I, I hope I'm not mischaracterizing this too much. Uh, any any, any um, subgenii out there, please uh, write in and, and correct me all day. Uh, um, but there was there was this date that was uh, associated with the end of the world, and it turns out that they read it backwards or they read it upside down or something like that. Uh-huh. So it passes every like we're, it's it's passed officially for the first time, and whatever the inverse of it isn't going to be for another you know thousand years or something like that. I, you know, I, uh, I can get on board with that. I've never really understood the Church of the Subgenius because I haven't looked into it, but I love the idea of a, um, wink and a nod. Well, it's tongue in cheek, the whole thing. This yeah. idea of like an apocalyptic cult or the idea of any kind of apocalyptic prediction mm-hmm. is sort of like, oh, we read the tablet wrong or, you know, right. it's, it's, uh, human beings are fallible and that's sort of the joke therein, you know. Right. And again, this, this concern of, I guess what we're talking about now is the way in which Jade Helm became this subject of national concern, right? The same way in which Y2K or the 2012 stuff became a concern. And we kept an eye on this. We looked to see if there were, if there were different things happening. And at this point, the stuff we found, which we've mentioned before, uh, wasn't, wasn't the stuff that was predicted. I've got an interesting book here, Noel, that you've seen me flipping through mm-hmm. as we're talking. Yeah. Uh, the name of this book is Outbreak, the Encyclopedia of Extraordinary Social Behavior. And what this book does is it gathers all sorts of differ, different mass panics, right? Uh, w- the one I have a page on now is Haley Comet, Haley's Comet Scare, which was worldwide in 1910. Uh, he said that, uh, and this, this comes to us from a prediction in 1881, an astronomer named Sir William Huggins was analyzing light spectra from comets when he discovered the presence of a lethal gas called cyanogen. And this produced a worldwide panic where people believed that the next time Haley's Comet passed Earth, the entire planet would be poisoned with this deadly gas. And this is just, this is just one example. This is a weighty volume here, folks. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff here. Very small print. <laughs> I mean, just say, just say when. I'll just flip through and you yeah. say when. When. Okay. The Mora Witch Affair. This is, uh, Scandinavian countries in 1664, 1676, specifically Sweden. And, uh, the, you know, it's the, the witch mania, right? Uh, when reports from the countryside alleged witchcraft was taking place, the authorities were first reluctant to take action. But as complaints continued to be made, despite the protest of doctors, uh, they decided rigorous measures were needed. The number of the executed has never been established, but it is likely to approach 200, including some children. Uh, so what we have here is, uh, this also has the context where they give you a blow by blow of how it occurred and the social conditions of the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And what we've seen is that there is a, um, there is a relationship, a correlation between, uh, economic difficulties and the rise of concerns about stuff like this. It just doesn't, these, these kinds of widespread panics. You gotta find a different phrase. I keep thinking of the band. These kind of concerns seem, don't seem to spread in times of economic booms. 
Uh, it makes me think of uh, it's actually a show that I'm working on right now. It's a little bit hush hush. I'm not going to say too much about it, but um, one a source a person that we interviewed was a professor who conducted a um, a survey of American fears, and one of the biggest um, uh, factors leading to um, higher levels of fear about a wide variety of things was economic hardship um, paired with low lower levels of education. Yeah, I can completely understand that. Um, but now we've opened another conspiracy, Noel, because we do have to keep that on the hush, don't we? We definitely do. Yeah. It's going to be good, though. Yeah, no spoilers. You'll hear about it soon enough. And speaking about hearing stuff, we'd like to hear from you about what your take on this entire event is. Is there something that Noel and Matt and I missed? You know, is there is there something that was unreported that should have been reported? Has it been suppressed somehow because mm-hmm. we do want to know uh, otherwise at the basis of this it seems like a lot of the predictions that people made did not occur and just to drive home uh, how much we appreciate listener mail let's do some right now let's do it Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, we've got one here from Sandy um, uh, concerning the episode you and I did on Big Pharma the other week. Uh, I cringed when I heard you guys mention Kratom. And just a, a refresher, Kratom was the the uh, herb I mentioned that you know has been reported to be able to treat uh, multiple kinds of addictions. And as Sandy uh, puts it here, Kratom actually is also good for treating fibromyalgia, which uh, I believe is a nerve condition that creates pretty widespread pain just mm-hmm. all over. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone, uh, we'd like to keep quiet about this because we are so afraid it's going to be outlawed, as I mentioned in the episode as well. It's definitely on a uh, few watch lists. Um, it is not something to be abused, but has many um, medicinal uses. So keep it on the down low, lol. 
Love you all on the show, Sandy. Sandy, thanks so much for writing, and we appreciate your point. Uh, you might be thinking, well, if you appreciate my point, why'd you read the letter on, on the air, jerks? But we're reading it on the air because, first off, it's, it's not like, uh, it's not like our show is going to be the thing that tips the DEA's hat, you know? I, I don't think so either. We have to keep a realistic opinion of yes. ourselves. And, uh, but I, but we do want other listeners, uh, who perhaps missed that last episode to know about this, especially if you have someone in your life who has an addiction problem. Mm-hmm. You know, the, those things destroy lives and often, it's very difficult to get help through the current system, right? Sure. So if there's something that can free people from that, we want, we want you, our listeners to know about it. This is, li- this can literally be a life and death thing. And Sandy, uh, we also hope that it is not outlawed and, uh, we agree. I've been reading about this nonstop since you introduced the concept. No, I had never heard of mm-hmm. it. Um, so, we appreciate it and, uh, we want to know more about it. I do, I promise you we won't do an episode on it. No. If that's too much publicity. Uh, so let's go to another one here. All right. Uh, Lupton P writes to us and says, please consider the underwear bomber as a podcast topic. What do you know about this 2009 Christmas Day incident? Nigerian Umar Farouk Abdul Mutalib has and his attempt to detonate an explosive substance might be all you remember. But are you aware of the sharp-dressed man, the man in orange, or the person on the flight recording the entire incident? The official story of events was ever-changing, and several passengers made statements that suggest there's more to the story. Two lawyers that were passengers on the flight were even preparing to be called as witnesses in the defense of Mutalib. So uh, this goes on, and uh, Lupton's provided a lot of sources here. We wanted to put this out. We wanted to put this out into the ether and uh, ask you guys if you would like to hear something about the uh, about the underwear bomber. So let us know. Do you remember that, Noel? Basically, what he said. You know, yeah, the, the broad strokes. That's he, about it. He goes into much more detail. We can see here. Uh, so let's see. What do you think? Should we do one more listener mail, or should we go straight to? Wait, what's that? What's that noise? Oh my god! It's you. I guess it is. This is weird. <laughs> you know, I was thinking it might be nice uh, if we can convince Matt to do a moment. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we should have a mo- yeah, like get him to Skype in. Yeah, we'll see if we can work on that. Let us. I think that'd be great. Yeah, because be honestly, I don't have much today, man. I, I feel like um, this is this has worn me plumb out talking about this topic. <laughs> um, I'm sort of fighting a a little bit of a respiratory bug, um, and it was all I could do to kind of uh, wade my way through this conversation. Um, but I'm sort of fading <laughs> a little bit here, honestly, Ben. Yeah, not not a, not a sh- too ashamed to say. I feel you, man. The, the sickness is going through the office. If you listen to more. If you listen to other How Stuff Works shows, which we strongly recommend, Definitely. then you might hear some other people getting uh, getting the crud or the Batman voice. It's annoying, though, because I've literally made it all year without getting anything, and that is super unusual for me. And now, all of a sudden, I'm stricken. Well, what about the power of positive thought, man? Well, I'm going to work on that. <laughs> I've tried soup. Uh, I've tried <laughs> juice. There's a really good juice place here in Atlanta called Arden's Garden. Yeah. And they make a delicious uh, combo of ginger, apple juice, and uh, I carrots? believe carrots. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, you know, it, every time I, I take one of those, it usually knocks whatever I feel like is coming right out, but did not did not seem to do the trick this time. They also have the uh, that complete recovery mm-hmm. juice stuff. Maybe I'll do I that, tried that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good one. The uh, exercise might also be good. Okay. I've heard you can exercise away a bug. I don't know if that's true. So you're saying I should get an exorcist? Yes. Yeah. To exercise my Yes, you should get an exorcist. For me? You know, uh, there is, there is still a, uh, chief exorcist at the Vatican. I got a thing. What? Speaking of the Vatican. Yeah. What's up with the Pope meeting with this Kim Davis woman? That bummed me out to no end. Oh, I didn't know that. Secretly. 
Oh, what? Yeah, and the and the only way it came out was because Kim Davis's loudmouth lawyers, who have been caught very recently for distributing false information, like they had a picture that was of a, uh, some sort of event in Chile, I believe, and they claimed that it was a, a prayer group, a giant prayer group in her honor or like to, for, for her benefit, and then they ultimately came out and said that, no, in fact, it was another event. They may not have claimed that they knew, but whatever, they it definitely was, was misinformation. So we were really hoping, and I say this because this Pope has been intriguing in a lot of ways. Sure, I mean, yeah. he's, you know, he definitely seems like he's got some interesting, more, you know, progressive ideas about climate change and, you know, a lot of different things that you don't typically hear a Pope be outspoken about. But yeah, he's more involved, uh, at least politically or in secular issues. And he, he actually, have, you may have heard of this before, the idea of liberation theology, which is uh, something that a lot of Catholic priests or members of the church in South and Central America mm-hmm. were uh, involved with. It uh, was this idea of connecting religion and, uh, in some cases, leftist movements, sure. which, you know, was not super popular with the U.S. at the time, mm-hmm. but People will tell you that the current pope's, the current pope's perspective on things like economic inequality or uh, a couple of other issues are echoes of liberation theology. But also, still, it's the pope. The pope is going to have views that other people would consider very, very conservative. Well, I guess maybe it's very naive of me, but th- this particular pope just gave this sense that he was. He was a little different. You know, he was all about transparency. And so the fact that he, you know, took 15 minutes out of his schedule to secretly meet with this woman and it wasn't on his itinerary, you know, his camp didn't release this information. Again, it was her loudmouth attorneys that tweeted it out, you know, like, uh, hey, you know, she's totally vindicated. The Pope's all about, you know, denying right. the rights so, yeah, this of, is uh, the, of, of gay men and women. Right, because that's who married. Kim... That's who, what's her name, Kim Davis? Kim Davis. She was the county clerk in uh, Rowan County, Kentucky, who, after the Supreme Court, declared it unconstitutional to deny um, gay men and women the right mm-hmm. to be married. Um, she refused to issue marriage licenses. So you don't think the meeting was something where he said, you, you, you think the meeting was like congratulatory? I approve. Well, I mean, the the position of the Vatican is, yes, the meeting occurred, and that is as far as they are going with it. Um, so I suppose everything that we know about what was said or not said is coming from Kim Davis's camp, so it could all be absolute hogwash. But according to uh, her people, you know, he said something to the effect of stay strong or, um, you know, like gave some measure of approval for, for, the, for her stance in this whole situation. Hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting because, you know, the, the Pope is such a practitioner of what would be called soft diplomacy. Right. You know, yeah. because it's not like the Pope can send an army into a country. It's true. Does he still, uh, does he still Snapchat you? Not in a long time, Ben. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Cause I, I still like, we text. What? You know? Yeah, me and the Pope text. It's just basic stuff. Just like, oh, how, How's the game? And he's like, oh, man, look at my shoes. No, of course, we also want to point out that we're not in any way. I feel like we have to say this. We're not in any way trying to denigrate a religion or religion. Not at all. No, I mean, I'm a fan. I, I am not anti-religion at all if people are able to use it in a way that's positive for them personally. I mean, when I start having issues is when it's used as a, as a tool to harm people or to, um, cut people down and make people less than, that, that I, I right. start having issues. But this is just an interesting turn of events for me. Yeah, I had not heard of that story and I, I try to keep an eye on, uh, the current Pope. But let us know what you think about the Pope, uh, this Pope or the papacy in general, because that seems like a topic we could dig into. Also, let us know, again, if anything occurred in Jade Helm. If you want to just hit us up on the Internet, we're there all the time. We are Conspiracy Stuff at both uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter. We also have a website uh, that you can go to. It is StuffTheyDon'tWantYouToKnow.com. Pain to type, but it's worth it when you get there. Let's see what else, though. Well, we have an email, and that is conspiracy at howstuffworks.com. For more on this topic and other unexplained phenomena, 
visit youtube.com slash conspiracy stuff. You can also get in touch on Twitter at the handle at conspiracy stuff. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X dot com. 